This is a HeadGum Podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And I'm like, you know, what is everyone looking at? And I realize I just said transcendental medication. And so Seinfeld's losing it, and Lynch is bugging, bussing up, and I'm just like, oops. You're supposed to be quiet in those things. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> hey, what oh, up, what man. up? What up, what up? Welcome to Hollywood Handbook, an insider's guide to kicking butt and dropping names in the red carpet lineback hallways of this industry we call showbiz. I'm Hayes Davenport. I'm here with Sean Clements. What up? There's a segment that we truly hate to do, which is when we we lose someone in this industry, we memorialize them on the... We on, recently had to do it with Lewis Reed, mm-hmm. and all too soon we're doing it again. With somebody else. This is a segment called That's a Wrap, uh, and, and that's what they say at the end of movies. And, and Yeah, and, and but they also rap mummies. In rap. In, in rapping. Mm-hmm. And, and so... It's, and that's a rap on that's a rap on a great life lived. Uh, and these, to these people, people are na- who are now mummies to to these to these mummies who we respect. We we lost someone this week, um, who in this industry especially was sort of uh, one of our bright shining stars. He meant a lot to us. It was a guy named uh, Nelson Mandela, and he was uh, the star. Of a movie called Invictus. A uh, little backstory on mm-hmm. the star of Invictus. Hayes and I were doing these USO comedy shows. Uh, we try to give back to our country when we can. Mm-hmm. And um, we were crushing, busting up troops in a good way, laughter. And coming back from one of the shows, we just had the fever. Like, mm-hmm. We had really gotten our patter down, and we told the helicopter guy, hey, land us right here. We're doing a show right here. And we landed in somewhere called Southern Africa. Which at the time was not even on a map. No. Uh, and this is before GPS. And and we just walked into some local watering hole and started doing our shtick. And something felt wrong. And we look around and realize only half the people are laughing. Mm-hmm. It was the black people mm-hmm. because they really like me and Hayes. But the because they liked it, I'll just say it: the white people wouldn't let themselves crack their whole shit up. At the laughs, jokes. the laughs were segregated. The laughs were segregated, and we said, "We got to do something about this." Because if there's one thing that you got to know about Sean and I, it's that we hate intolerance and it makes us so angry when people do that. When I see intolerance, I want to do something bad, Hayes. I want to do something real bad. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm not going to say it on, on mic because... It, because if I see intolerance again, I might just do it, and I don't want this to be used in court against me. 
So we decide we got to do something about this. And the way we try to impose change on the world is, is making movies. Through movies. Uh, and we were bringing in people to do this movie about sort of like a football that helps apartheid and not doing it anymore. And so we should, and to be clear, we should have gotten a director who understood football better because if you do watch closely, the football scenes in the movie are breaking a lot of the football rules. The football is shaped. The director made his own football and he comes in with this thing and is like, Do you like it? And it's like this paper mache egg. You we know. were so far into the process. There was so much more to worry about. We just said, It was yeah, too we late to it. get a real football. And he was a sweet kid. So. Everyone's so, wearing shorts. So that's the one misstep. But football rules are not. The message holds true. The movie's called Invictus. Watch if you haven't watched it. But we had to cast a star. Mm-hmm. And we were going for a name at first. We went out to a lot of names. But then we're auditioning these guys. And this person walks in the room. And it's like we're not even there. He's doing the scene. He's doing the scene where the Invictus is closing in on the city. And he's going to destroy the city with apartheid forever and uh, i had to know who this guy was because it was like he was living it in front of us Mm -hmm. the way he was like duck yeah and he was like look out i'm gonna punch the invictus and he jumped up and swung in the air and i swear i heard the thud of him hitting the invictus in the center of its chest plate but that man was nelson mandela and Mm -hmm. i turned to hayes and i and this is true at the time, uh, Nelson Feinstein. Yes, Hollywood. But I turned to Hayes and I said, this kid's got something. And if we can't get Tay Diggs, Morris Chestnut, Harold Perrineau, or Terrence Howard, we should bring him back in. Uh, and look at it now. Apartheid is dead in its grave. And uh, Nelson Mandela became a big star. And then um, we lost him uh, to a, a car racing accident this past weekend, and it just makes me it just makes me so angry because I hate crying. I fucking hate crying, and I get so mad at my eyes for doing tears when I have to bust up in a bad way like this. And then I yell at them, and then that makes my throat hurt. And then my throat hurts so bad, it makes me bust up crying again. We <sighs> we have a sh- whole show to do. We have a good guest this week, Kyle Nuacek, uh director and star of uh, The Work of Holics, is on the show. But before we get into that, we wanted to talk a little about the other side of the business, which is not doing business at all, relaxing and pursuing your hobbies. When I first got into this town, and I know you were the same way, I was all about the work. Yeah. You know? It was work, Nose work, Nose to the grindstone. I had that little uh, treehouse studio. And I had rented out a submarine. Yep. And we were just... Because I don't want any distractions. hmm Writing pages, making movies, doing scenes every day. And then... We realized that wasn't helping our our work. Yeah, it was actually hurting to it. And it was. And to be clear, the point where we're realizing this 
obviously, we've each made 50, 60 movies, and we have a shit ton of fucking money and success, and we're going, this work isn't as good as the first movies we're, mm-hmm. we were writing, mm-hmm. because it's hurting to it that we're spending all our time working and doing none of our time living. So that's when we decided to start developing some hobbies, getting out there, having fun. Because then when you go sit down to write, oh, guess what? You've actually got something to say. Because, ooh, guess what? You've actually done a little bit of something that somebody might find interesting. Because guess what? That's real life, pal, is not sitting in front of a freaking keyboard computer all the time. So let's talk about some of the things that we like to do the most to sort of get out of town when we're when we're not uh, doing our work. For me, um, I know I like to s- strap on a snowboard and go snowboarding on a on a mountain. Yeah, and I'm the same way in terms of I strap my feet into the board and I get on the mountain and slide down it on on slide top. Slide all board. the way down, going so fast, shredding the snow, and just waving to some of the other guys saying "see ya" because I'm going. Real fast. And if I do a big jumpy, all the better. Because for me, snowboarding is about escape. And what feels more like escape than going really fast and also doing a big jumpy? I've started doing no gloves because I found that they were kind of slowing me down because my form is like arms straight up. And so like they were... Increasing the friction, and so now I take the gloves off, and it feels like I'm snowboarding in the fucking sky. You know what I mean? And like, that's exactly what you say. I come back to work, and now I have a new experience that I can do a movie about. And I'd like to talk about another hobby. Hmm. Martial arts. Martial arts. The ancient language of punching. The original artists were martial artists. Mm -hmm. And... Hayes and I are movies artists, mm-hmm. but does that mean we shouldn't learn any other kind of arts? Mm-hmm. No. We did a couple movies. We did We Are Marshall about about this. Mm-hmm. Sean does capoeira. I do Muay Thai. Both very balance-based arts uh, and with a dance component. Yes, yeah, so that was important to me. Now... When I'm doing a big kick and really smashing a milk carton and making milk go everywhere uh, or whatever I've set on the top of my tall tree stump, I feel like this will show up on the page. Mm -hmm. And I feel so free Mm -hmm. when I follow that big kick and I do a fast punch. I feel the same way. Like uh, What I try to do is... Oh, I'm sorry. And I'm punching the ceramic owl. Go ahead. What were you going to say, Hayes? What I try to do when I'm in the, in the dojo, when I'm in the dojo swinging a garden hose around as fast as I can, I, I think to myself, what is the words of this? What is this as words? And then I go home and I try to do the words of the, of the punching. That's, and That's so important. And that came out as uh, Small Soldiers. There's another, an important distinction we should make is that hobbies and work can sometimes be the same thing, exist on the same field, 
or shall we say basketball court. Basketball court is the new golf course. This is what we always say. If there's one thing you take away from this show, it's that the basketball court is the new golf course. It used to be you'd go out on the course with your buddies and your fucking khaki pants and your like white baseball caps. Your fucking and argyle your, sock and your uh, goddamn... And your fucking wingtips with the tap bottoms. And your fat fucking privilege. I'm sorry. It's just injustice. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. It makes my face so fucking red. Oof. Um, that was the old days. Now all you need is a nice basketball hoop to be able to get out there and not only play games, but also do some good networking. And it started with Obama. Obama uh, had his basketball games where he would bring in some of Washington's thought leaders and play with them. And, and that's but, how a lot of policy got made. Yeah, and and not just domestic policy, but also I know that he, um, Obama did a big, big slam dunk on uh, Kim Jong-il, and that's what killed him. Uh, and so that made some big changes. Uh, I know that he dribble-drived on Osama bin Laden and uh, put up an, a nice tasty little floater that just tickled the twine. And I know that that was part of why bin Laden... <laughs> Why well, Bin Laden is is zero dark thirty, as they say. He's no longer. They uh, there are ways to because when you step on a basketball court in this town, you're likely to see a Faison, a Swartzen, uh, some of these guys who you know if you can get a second to deliver them a little pitch, it's you know it could be pretty good for you. So there are things you can do to optimize your chances of getting some sit-down time with these guys on the court. Bring a bunch of extra Gatorades. Everyone's thirsty after a basketball game. Bag of orange slices. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I'll do is uh, I will open a power bar and go, why did I open this? I don't even want it right now. Mm -hmm. and I don't want to put it down either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is anyone hungry? Mm -hmm. Steal someone's wallet and give it back to them and say you caught the guy that did it. Do a big kick of a milk carton, blow it up, you know, start a conversation that way. All these things complement each other. It's all mm -hmm. new tools for your tool belt. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that says you can't use a hammer and a screwdriver at the same time. Anyway, you've probably figured out by now that was a segment that you like that we love to do. And it's called, it's called The Hobbies, Desolation of Smog. So that was The Hobbies, Desolation of Smog. We're going to get to... Kyle Newichek, in one second, we want to do a quick Engineer My Career uh, with uh, Engineer Cody, who's uh, who's in the booth with us today. Cody, what's... Uh, turn the mic on. Hold on here. What's going on for okay. um, for you career-wise these days? Are you making any inroads since uh, the last time we spoke? Well, um... Do you want to do... Are you sticking in the sound space? Yeah, the space-time continuum. Okay, this is over. And we were Cody, trying to help Cody, and, and Cody, Cody did a joke. And there's no and need to take a big, fat swing. A lot of times what's what's funny is just uh, a small reaction, uh, something that mm -hmm. people can relate to. Yes. But when he says sound space, because you're a sound engineer, and you say space-time continuum, that big, fat swing, I just feel the wind of it whiffing. And I can hear it on the mic, too, and it... 
it doesn't feel nice. And so that's one of the reasons that we're ending the segment now. And we'd love to do the segment again, but we need to be able to trust you. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I guess kind of, I'm, I'm going for it. Well, now you're scared to do anything, which is how you should feel all the time. We'll be right back with our guest, Kyle Newichek, director and star of Workaholics on Hollywood Handbook. So I step back from the keyboard, and they're going nuts. They're applauding, and all the anonymous guys take their masks off, and they go, you just hacked the hackers, and I go, I know. And then what did they do? Bought a pizza. Hey, what up, what up? Welcome back to Hollywood Handbook, an insider's guide to kicking butt and dropping names in the red carpet lineback hallways of this industry we call showbiz. We've got an exciting guest today. This is the first director we've had on the show. Um, Exclusively director. Yeah, sure. Everyone. We're both directors. Yes. And everyone we've had on, I think, has, like, could do it. I think everyone, yeah. Anybody in this town could direct. Right. Do you agree with that, Kyle? I'd have to say, yeah. (laughs) It's it's, It's not hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have an opinion, you can do it. That's what it's about, huh? Just yeah. having an opinion. That's right. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a really cool. This is Kyle Newichek. Hello. Director from uh, Workaholics. Mm-hmm. Many other titles. Like what, Hayes? Well, I'll let you. What, 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 you said, what are you <laughs> yeah, We don't want to steal your uh, resume yeah. from you. Go ahead and. Well, let's see here. What have I worked on? I've done, uh, I've done Workaholics, as you yep. said. You directed then... A Simple Plan. A simple plan. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was me and my brother. What else I do? Well, you did Can a lot we... of those Hong Kong action films. A mm-hmm. lot of the, a lot yeah. of the early hard boiled was you. Hard boiled. Yep. Cool yep. Hand Luke, where mm-hmm. you ate yep. hard boiled eggs. That was kind of an homage to the first title that I did. Right. Um, yeah, you were mm-hmm. referencing Hard Boiled, which came out later, but had been made several years prior. Right. Right. Yeah. I kind of like to. You know, keep through lines of ideas. There's a lot of all of my pictures. Yeah, if you look, if you look at uh, your filmography, um, there's a lot of sort of winks at people who've sure. been keeping to track. The fans. I'm glad that you noticed that. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, it slips right by them. But yeah, well, I enjoy a good wink to the camera. You know, well, and and to enjoy Kyle's work, and I've said this a lot, you don't to be paying attention to all the little details to enjoy it. Right. But boy, does he reward you if you do. If you are paying attention, you're going to walk away smiling. On the on the rewatch, I find that you're a big rewatch guy. Second time around. Totally. And I mean, you're talking about the second time, but you should go back and watch it for the eighth time. Is that the one? Yeah, you'll find a lot of hidden gems in there, as I believe Sean knows. Yes, I love the eighth watch, and I'm a big fan of the twelfth watch. And the first three really? or four, I don't fucking get it. I mean, I'm watching your shit, and I'm going, what is this? Right, 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 right. Why did he make it? And mm-hmm. why is it like this? Yeah, but then And that, what's going on? And, and that, who are these people? Well, they're the characters in my movie. Well, that's Sean. what I found out on around Watch Nine. Yeah, it's like you know, I like to, I like to around Watch Nine, Ten, Eleven, Twelve. You kind of recognize the bittersweet nature of everything. You know, mm-hmm. it's a classic rule: smile now, cry later. 
Okay, mm. classic, classic director rule. Mm-hmm. Smile now, cry later. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying... Speak on that. I'm saying, why not smile now and cry now? And you want both to happen the same time. Mm-hmm. I want tears to come with laughter. That's really interesting. I want tears to come with laughter. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you're fans. Can you talk a little bit about studio life, music brains and studio life, and uh, just sort of your your experience? Because I know you, you woke up this morning in a studio, is that correct? I did. I woke up this morning and I went out to my home studio. Mm-hmm. Um, I converted my garage into a home studio, and I was working on a, a, a classic waltz that I had written the, the night before. Um, and then I come here and I'm in another studio. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's just the Hollywood life, baby. Yeah. You know? Sound is something that's uh, very near and dear to me. You know, a lot of people think director and they think picture. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm here to say that picture is only 50% of the senses used Mm -hmm. to perceive what I do. Mm. So sound is just important. It's just important. Just as important. It's just important. Mm -hmm. It's just important. It's just important. And it's one of the reasons that you were so mad when you saw the artist pissed off yeah pissed off let them talk did they talk in that movie no i didn't think so man i haven't seen it i'm mm-hmm. sorry i i went along with that yeah. one i haven't seen the artist and also you were like that's me i'm the artist Hayes, not right now not right now and speaking of you <laughs> and speaking of you being very mad how how pissed off do you get when somebody says that Vine is dead? Oh my God, that's that is a medium that shall never die. I get mad. I get mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have every right to. Yeah, I get mad. Yeah, you know, six seconds of material—that's all you really need. Some of the best directing gets done on Vine, doesn't it, Kyle? It does. It's like we're uh, back to the 1920s. And the Lumiere brothers just shot that train coming towards the camera. That's right. Speaking of... Do you know the Lumiere brothers? I do, but not as well as you. And, and you're, you're something of a film historian. And you've said to me privately that as much as you love the glitz, the glamour, mm-hmm. the Hollywood lifestyle, what you're really most passionate about is education. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Molding the minds of the future is something that I love. I actually was a teacher for quite some time, hmm. right down the street, Los Speak Angeles on that. School. Well, you know, there's nothing like making a connection with a student. When finally a technique is learned and you get to watch the excitement on their face when they put it into practice. And those, all those people at the Los Angeles Film School have gone on to be big directors yes. since then, right? I, I would imagine so. Who are, who, who are some of your who students? Who are some of the students that the names we would know because they're yeah. famous directors now? Was the Lumiere boys, your Lumiere boys friends? Wasn't it, wasn't it you that uh, when you were teaching that class, didn't you teach uh, Tim Burton to be so spooky? Uh, mm. No, I, no. Basically, when I taught at the uh, at, at the school, I, I just kind of fucked a lot of my students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was twenty two, twenty three. 
So that's what happened. Sorry okay. about that. <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a new MacBook? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Coffee in there or tea? Oh, I got coffee. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I got at a gas station mm. on the way here. Um, I'm a slave some, some. to this stuff myself. Coffee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I love it. Mm. I love it. Actually, I got out of the store after I got my coffee, and some lady was like, can I pay you five bucks to uh, help me put air in my tires? Mm. I was like, no, you don't got to pay me five bucks. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I'll come take a look at it. I'm no good at that shit. Yeah. Went over there, took a look. Girl's got a big old gash in her tire. Mm. <laughs> totally flat. I was wow. like, I think you're going to need a little bit more than air. Yeah, air, air ain't exactly going to help, sweetheart. Yeah, you're probably going <laughs> to probably gonna want to maybe go get a new tire or something. That's hey. the city, though. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 just L.A. That's sort of the quintessential L.A. experience. Totally. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a small town. Yeah. Even though it feels like a big city, a lot of times what you find out is that it's a small town, mm-hmm. and yeah. people and people talk, and people talk in the city. People do talk. You gotta be careful who's around mm-hmm. you. You know. Mm-hmm. Be careful who's around you. The city has eyes mm-hmm. and ears. And then you've got some exciting stuff in the pike. We usually wait for plugs, but you're doing... Um, let's lead with the plugs. Yeah, yeah plug go first. Ahead. Toss us a juicy scoop. What do we got? What do we got in the pipeline? Um, we heard, and, and uh, there's a lot of rumors in this town. I don't know what holds water and what doesn't. Um, but we heard, and we hope it's true, that you are co-directing something with Nathan Lane. Nathan's a good, good friend of mine. Uh, I've been a, a fan of his since Birdcage, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think he was wonderful in that in that particular picture. And yeah, he's uh, stepping up. He wants to helm something, you know. So he kind of came to me and asked me if I would um, guide him along his journey. We are doing a picture about birds. Mm. Oh, okay. So he doesn't want to stray too far from the birdcage. No, 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 no. That, that's what I thought was interesting about it, because the, the movie that I really liked him in was mm-hmm. called Birdcage. And again, here's our guy, Nathan Lane, wanting to make his directorial debut about birds mm-hmm. um, that fly around, you know, Montana. Oh, wow. What a great setting for that. It's cool. Well, the so the, much space for them to fly. Well, the landscape of it is is wonderful. You know, you have the mesas that they can kind of graze. Mm. Um, we're thinking about putting. This was actually his idea. We're going to put a lot of GoPro cameras on the birds. Oh wow! And oh, wow. kind of watch them fly around and whatnot. And then I think we're going to get some like helicopter shots. I don't know. I don't know if the studio is going to allow us to do that. But for sure, GoPro cameras on birds and watch them fly around. Pick up worms and that's you know that's just kind of f- nest that's the future of of movies like these little cameras like we're just going to be strapping them to the tops of our heads just going around and and that's the movie yeah well the, i mean the thing that the other idea that nathan had that i thought was pretty tight was uh he's gonna go milo and otis on this one okay and we're actually gonna get michael j fox to voice one of the birds. I wow. think he wants him to play a hawk or something. I'm not 
Okay. I can't, I can't remember. And so, and, and a lot, a lot having of been in Milo and Otis. A lot of a lot of people don't know this. Michael J. Fox did all the voices originally for Milo and Otis, and then they hired. Uh, I want to say like Dudley Moore. I think it definitely was somebody instead. else. And yeah. then and then Michael J. Fox was so butthurt mm-hmm. that he went and did Homeward Bound. He went and did Homeward Bound. An That's incredible right. journey. That is right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so now he gets a chance to be in on the ground floor with Nathan Lane's uh, Bird Project. Mm. Which is cool for him. It's uh, you know he's he's pumped on it. I heard I heard that there was a good phone call between Nathan and Michael. And have you considered uh, letting him do it, then cutting him out of it, if only to create another Homeward Band? You know that's a great idea. I, I thank you for that. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to do that. And then you told me that you were going to be making a lot of the bird noises yourself for the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think I think my role in it is not necessarily one of a creative standpoint except for the sound of the birds yeah can we get a little taste sure i mean which which bird one of the one of the ones that graze the maces well when a bird flies and sees something that it wants and not just any bird a hawk hmm it kind of flies down you know and gets it in its sights and then So that's 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 a hawk that wants something, and and I just I, ducked and covered. If you can't see, you can't see us recording this, but I ducked and covered my head because I thought a hawk was swooping down yeah, and going to hit me. Put me in the mindset of a of a baby mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to read those texts? Do you want to read those texts out loud for us? Well, I'm so sorry. I should have put it on vibrate, but uh, my good friend Thomas Kellogg is texting me, mm-hmm. and it looks like he says. Be there closer to 12, player. Okay, so I got some time. Um, what, which other bird? I, I, I mean, which other I, bird would I, you like to hear? I guess I'd like to hear a, a big old owl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, um, those are very common amongst the mesas of Montana. An owl sounds a little bit something like... Now, you notice that what I've been working on is the breath that the bird takes prior mm-hmm. to the emission of its voice. And that's the most ignored part. That's People most of never, it. Yeah. yeah. People don't realize that's where it, it is. If Nathan Lane is going to direct this, and I'm going to co-direct it, but he's kind of pushing me out right now. It's, it's, I mean, then I'm going to latch on to the thing that I'm good at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I'm particularly good at and what i would love to be better at you know i'm not saying i'm a pro is bird's breaths Mm -hmm. so nathan is starting to flex a little bit on this one yeah yeah you know but uh, i i do feel like i'm getting a little bit boxed out but you know that's that's the game Mm -hmm. that's the game when you got so much star power as mr lane and you know he's teamed up with me just a a bitch-ass director from Workaholics. It's mm-hmm. hey, hey, hey. It's tough. You know, it's just tough, Sean. Hey, hey, hey. None of that talk. No, let him say that. I don't know what I'm. Th- I, I, th- those aren't my words. Those are his. Oh, Nathan. Okay. Has, Nathan has called me up and You're quoting him. Called yeah. me a, a, a bitch-ass director from Workaholics, and he doesn't need me on the project. But I asked him if I could do the bird sounds, and he said, "Sure." 
And then you told me you were going to play Pele in a movie next year. Um, Pele, yeah, the the yeah. soccer star. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, said yeah, you yeah. were going to be him in a movie. That's still early talks. Early talks. I haven't even done a lot of character research on that, but um, I've been working on my flips from the corner. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, one, of the, one, of the, one of the first things I like to do when I, uh, I'm tackling a role of such stature is do the, the physical work. You know, the physicality, phys- physicality of the characters. This is good for people to hear. Kyle is what we call an outside-in actor. He starts with their outside movements. What are they wearing? How do they walk? Well, and I, then he moves, and then he internalizes who that is. I like to feel the decisions that the characters make, and then ask myself, "Why?" So exactly. That's exactly right. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> I'd like to double way back for a joke I thought of earlier when I asked you about your coffee cup. And then Hayes said, um, oh, I'm a slave to the stuff myself. And you said, oh, a slave to coffee. I, I almost thought of saying, I heard that movie 12 Years mm-hmm. a Slave is about a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. That's tight, Sean. Yeah. I mean, it moved on pretty fast beyond that, but... Um, I'd been sitting on it, and, uh, you know, why not let you guys in? You got any other jokes from uh, two years ago, Sean? Did you see uh, Bridesmaids? I did. Saw it in the theater with my girlfriend and my little brother. Good, huh? Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was, was really good. It, it yeah. was a good flick. You know, it's good to see that uh, women can be out there making us laugh. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't was, even think about it that way. Yeah, but yeah. That actually, is the first time I thought that I even heard that. To me, it's just a movie, mm-hmm. just a normal that, movie. Just that was good. People being funny. Yeah, I mean, women being funny. Yeah, but that's, I guess there I guess was some dudes in it probably, too. I think yeah. that's like the least important thing about it from where I'm coming from. But oh. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, guess, I guess I. Yeah, I guess I just thought that it was one of the first. Go ahead. Yeah. No, nah, it's okay. You can go ahead. No, I guess if I'm laughing, like if I'm if if I'm laughing and laughing, to me, it doesn't matter. Did a man make me laugh or did a? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Did a man make me laugh or did a woman make me laugh? It's just. It's just all I know is I'm laughing. This movie's funny. I totally understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, I guess all I'm saying is a lot of times it's the man that makes me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's a ton of times it's, it's yeah. the man that makes me laugh. It's, yeah. it's, it's did you see the heat? Yeah. yeah. Another good example of women making you laugh. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah, it was solid. Man. It was good. It was good. Solid, solid, solid piece of business as well. Solid, solid flick. Solid, Did solid flick. Very good business. Very good business. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, nice. Totally. And that's kind uh, of... Ended you know, up with a nice figure. Nice and, little chunk of change. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, something that's very important in this town is is the figure. Mm-hmm. The money that the movie actually makes. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people think, they, they come to Hollywood and they think, oh, it's my time to be creative. It's my time to, you know, 
take what's in my dream and put it on the screen. Not true. Catch the next bus, buddy. Yeah, catch. Yeah, yeah. Give that up real quick. You know, it's all about the, it's all about the suits. Take that to freaking Austin or some other crunchy granola town. Yeah, some freako artist yeah. scene. Yeah, go screen it in a movie theater for like sixteen people if mm-hmm. that's what you want. At you the know? Alamo Draft House. Totally. Sixth Street. Cause it's all about the money, man. I mean, that's that's the BS. That's the BS part of it. And you really love money a lot, and you've told me this. That you love to just buy things just to feel power. Uh, yeah, it's uh, something that my grandmother taught me. It's called retail therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, if yep. I'm feeling down, yeah, speak on that. If I'm feeling down, feeling in a hole, I head out and I buy myself some shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm feeling worse after that, I buy another pair of shoes. And then after that, I'll buy a big ass dinner. You know, at the most expensive place in Hollywood. Tell us about the restaurants that you, well, we should, exp- like, for people in, like, the flyover country and stuff, mm-hmm. a restaurant is, like, somewhere, it's like oh, a food right, store, right, right. it's like the food stores that you have. Yes, but- yes. But they actually cook the food there, mm-hmm. and then there are tables, and people carry it over to you. Almost like, you know how your um, grandma or your or your mm-hmm. wife, maybe, is bringing the food to your table? Mm-hmm. You know how, like... When they ring that triangle for you to eat, like when the woman in your family goes on the front porch and rings the triangle, like here, we just go to these places and we sit down at a table and they and they bring us food. But go ahead, go ahead. You were telling us about some of the restaurants you've been to. Oh yeah, I mean around here. Are you sure they they know what I'm talking about? If I talk about this, it's not for them. It's it's honestly. It's almost more fun, I found, for them to not really know what's going on and to just kind of imagine what it's what it's really like. Okay. Like, that's what they right. say in the message boards and stuff. Say, like, I couldn't actually follow what you guys were talking about, but I still had a great time. Okay. Keep it up. Love the show. Five-star rating. Well, I mean, down on the, uh, the, the corner of uh, Sunset and La Brea, there is a really wonderful place called Chick-fil-A. Mm. Uh, mm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very good. Tasty, mm-hmm. tasty, tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and the, it's also consistent with your anti-gay political views, right? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I mean, do you want to get into that? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't think it. this is the place. I don't, think, I don't think people would understand where I'm coming from on that one. There's also... Oh, that's about it. I mean, I eat a Chick-fil-A. That's the main restaurant. That's it, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's true for a lot of us. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a solid, solid spot. You know, they got a ton of different sauces. I like that. I'm a sauce guy. I'm a freaking sauce guy, you know? Mm, I think I heard that about you. <laughs> yeah, BBQ. Give me more yeah, BBQ, that, you know? Uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Ring the bell. Hey, sauce them. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, Kai Guy... Thank you so much for coming down here and uh, educating us a little bit about what the cameraman does and how and how he makes the camera go. And that's not my job. And yes, we you made that clear. I mean, I own a camera, but it's not my job, man. Right? Can uh, we get that guy? Yeah, he seems like he'd have something to say. We're gonna be right back. On Hollywood Handbook. Earwolf. 
This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Ackerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead. That was a HeadGum Podcast.